0: Welcome to the I Love Me Too podcast, the podcast that empowers women to heal themselves, love themselves, and most importantly, free themselves. I am your host, Erica Donnell. Today's guest is Candace Alisea, who shares her experience deciding to become a single mother, conceiving her daughter through IVF. She shares how challenging, emotional and rewarding the entire process is. I am very grateful that she was willing to open up about her experience and her journey and also shed some insight and awareness on something that people struggle with and go through. So let's get into Candice's story. It's very heartwarming and has a beautiful and happy ending. Hi, Candice. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so I know that um, your road to motherhood was quite a journey before you even became pregnant with your daughter. And you chose IVF to become the mom that you always wanted to be And So I'm really interested in learning what that experience was like for you. Um, you know, um, you know, when did you know that you wanted to be a mom and what kind of led you up to the point where you decided um, IVF was the route that you were going to take?
1: So for me, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Like it was always in my thought process as a young girl, as a teenager, like I was always very motherly. Um, so I've always known that, like it was always in my visions that I was going to grow up and get married and have two kids and live this life. And life doesn't always turn out the way that you expect it to. I want to make sure that I'm married and I want to make sure that I'm stable before I have kids. And I was trying to do what everyone said was the right thing to do. And I was getting older and a friend of mine who was also having some struggles with fertility Um, we had talked quite a bit, and I had shared with her, you know, my thoughts about how I wanted to have kids, and I was concerned that I was getting older, and um, she came to me one day after, I think it was after one of her own doctor's appointments, and she said, if I can give you any advice, if you want to be a mom, I would just start trying to do it now by yourself, and I kind of was like, Wow, I mean, I guess this is something I could do, so I started thinking about it, and I started kind of doing a little bit of research and you know what were my options and what did it look like, and how much was it gonna cost and and just a lot of research initially and then I decided I could do this, and I was financially stable and you know I knew plenty of single mothers, and so why couldn't I do this myself and so I just decided to do it and um went into it a bit naive for sure. Um, it's a lot of things that you don't know until I guess you get into that process. Until you're in that environment, you don't really understand what it consists of and Mm -hmm. why you're in that environment. Um, For me, obviously, obviously I had to have assistance because I was deciding to do this on my own. It wasn't me and my spouse and for some reason we couldn't get pregnant. So it was a completely different journey for me than it would be for like a married couple or even um you know a gay couple really. Mm-hmm. So it's it's quite a different journey when you're doing it by yourself for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that you that you said that stood out to me in in that in what you just um spoke to is waiting for like the perfect time or the right opportunity so you you mentioned like you were trying to do it the right way because society and like our culturally or whatever the case may be we have these expectations for ourselves based off of either what we have seen growing up or have been taught or what society um you know kind of gives us as a standard and you know, there may be somebody out there that's passing up on the opportunity to be the parent that they've always wanted to be. Just like you said, you knew from a young age, like you always wanted to be a mom. And because the ideal situation, so to speak, wasn't presenting itself, the fact that you had IVF as an option to have a baby, I think that's really beautiful. And the fact that you you had faith in yourself and just the process to know like, no, this is what I really want. And I deserve it. Like I deserve to be a mom because you knew that's something you always wanted to do. And so did you face any challenges with other people's like opinions or thoughts? Like once they knew that you had decided basically, you know, to have a, to, to become a single mom, Um, did anyone kind of give you any grief over that? So,
1: I was really hesitant about who I wanted to share the information with when I made this decision. Um, I wasn't really sure how it was going to be taken and what people's opinions were going to be. You know, because like you said, we grow up in the society where it's kind of pushed on you that you need to get married and have a family and, you know, children need, you know, mothers and fathers and, and I'm not, you know, I do believe that, you know, obviously it is, it's great when a child has a strong family system and they have a mother and father or they have two mothers or they have two fathers and, but it's not to say as a single mother, you can't do it by yourself. You know, my mom for the most part was a single mother, um, raising myself and my brother. So I had very strong values that I had seen growing up from my mother and what she was able to do, what she was able to give me and my brother. But of course, you know, you like you said, you you have everyone kind of telling you, you get married, you have kids. So I was very hesitant on who I shared the information with. I was very um, nervous to tell my parents, my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I only told a select few friends initially. Um, And as I kind of got deeper into the journey, I shared with a few more people. Um, Surprisingly, I didn't get any negative pushback from anybody. Um, There were some people that were concerned and wanted to make sure that I had really thought it through, but nobody really gave me any negative pushback. Like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. Like, why would you do that? What are you thinking? How much is it gonna cost you? Um, So I was really surprised by that, which really helped. Um, But I did kind of keep my circle small Mm -hmm. um, in my journey. Um for my immediate people I did join some support groups which helped because you have this you know group of people that are kind of going through similar situations
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but I did keep my support group pretty small I had
0: I think we get caught up in giving people permission over our lives like uh without even being aware right because we're we're worried about what other people will think what will they say and that essentially is giving them some sort of permission over how you live your life
1: right the judgment
0: We're yeah about the judgment. and so you know it's um it's great to hear that you know everybody like in your circle was very supportive of you and it was smart you know of you to keep it very small um you know in the beginning so that you because we'll get a little bit into the actual IVF process. Um,
1: so I reached out to the fertility department at Kaiser and said that I was interested in discussing the process of what I needed to do to try to have a child by myself and so I had an initial appointment with them and had to do you know the mental health check and um, they run various different tests so for anybody trying to do IVF or having to go through any type of fertility treatment Um, because fertility treatment doesn't always end up in IVF. Um, There's lots of components to fertility in fertility treatment. So they do several tests. They check, you know, various different levels within your system. I did have to um, do like a pre-counseling session just to make sure that I was basically in the right frame of mind, that I understood the, you know, journey that I was taking um, and that I was prepared for this there's a lot of hormones involved there's a lot of emotions involved um, but that's essentially what IVF's component is is the doctor is getting you to this point where they can harvest your eggs from your ovaries and then they can take the sperm combine them together make these embryos and then put transfer them back to your uterus you know one or two and and hope that it sticks and you get pregnant.
0: And you're choosing, Um, uh, you're choosing the sperm that you want, correct?
1: Correct. So for me, um, yes. So I had to do a lot of um, research on that. I was, when I first started this, I was like, how, where do you even buy sperm? Like, what do you do? <laughs> how does um, that work? <laughs> so, right. So initially I thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm going to have this child by myself, let me pick a donor that would be someone I would date, you know, someone I might be attracted to. Mm-hmm. And so then I kind of started trying to narrow it down that way. And then I, I started digging into all the information. I thought, okay, I'm of going about this the wrong way like yes I need to pick certain physical features but I also need to be very concerned about the medical aspect of everything yeah you know, I want to make sure that I'm not you know and for me it's kind of unique I mean you start dating somebody you fall in love and you have a child you don't really think about whether or not their family history has cancer or their family history has high blood pressure or um, heart conditions you, know, you don't think about those things but for me here I am trying to pick this you know, father basically, or, you know, sperm donor for my daughter. And I get to look at all that.
0: When you finally picked your donor, did you have like, what was that experience like, as far as like, did you just have kind of a gut feeling like this is the one or was there something very specific that you were now kind of looking for? And, you know, he kind of had all those, um, like off the checklist, basically, you know, what, What was that like when you finally picked um your donor and i'm curious to hear like what was his ethnicity or you know what was his hair and eye color or what did his baby picture look like and um if you can kind of go into a little bit of that detail
1: so i actually ended up picking i actually had a few different donors in my process because i had initially picked one donor in the process and i used him twice and then he became unavailable um, which means he either didn't have any more samples available from the sperm bank or he had met his family limit. Um, so then I had to basically kind of start all over again. So that's mm-hmm. a whole nother process. Um, so in total, I used four different donors. Um, so each, t- each of them were very similar because I had at this point decided the things that I had wanted and what were important to me. You don't really realize that it truly is a miracle like having a child and getting pregnant there is a precise exact moment in time that everything has to line up in order for you to get pregnant and for some people it works like clockwork there's no issue you yeah it just happens (laughs) yeah some people are very naive to it they don't ever think about it and they're like whoops i'm pregnant but for some people you know, you try and you try to pin down this time and you try to figure out why is it not happening and you know, you just don't understand it. And it's very hard. You start to feel broken.
0: Just never realized how blessed I am that I I didn't have a difficult journey. And looking back, I mean I became a mom at fifteen. So obviously that was not an ideal, you know, situation. A lot of people had opinions about that. Um and rightfully so nobody's ready to be a parent at at that age, but looking back, and when you made the statement, it it actually made me emotional to think that that's how you know that nobody is here by accident, because, you know, you said there's a precise moment in time where that miracle happens that a life is created, and we don't, you know, we, we take that for granted. We just you know, you, whatever the situation is. I mean, some people have one night stands and get pregnant. I mean, like, we don't right. realize that our children and life in general is a miracle and it's a gift. Like, it truly is a gift. Um, it was
1: very eye opening for me. Very mm-hmm. eye opening.
0: And I know in our, you know, pre conversation, you, you, as you went further into your journey, you, um, you know, when you got to the IVF, so you now were in the IVF, um, part of your journey. What was that like, um, in, in getting pregnant during that process? Were there any like roadblocks? Did you, um, come across anything that was like really difficult or was it seamless by the time you got to that point?
1: The blessing of having a child is, is, is an amazing experience. And you do have to love yourself to realize during this struggle that it's hard and you're gonna cry and there are gonna be times where you wanna give up, but you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe that you're strong enough to get through it. And you have to focus on the love for yourself that you wanna give a child because for you to go through IVF, you have to have love. You don't go through this journey willy-nilly i mean this is a tough journey
0: and so by the time that you know you had your eggs um what was the next step as far as now trying to get pregnant
1: so um so you so the big thing with harvesting the eggs is how many are viable how many do we get how many are viable because you could go into an ivf treatment and i think this is where a lot of people um who again haven't gone through ivf are still learning um you know, when they do get to that point is you could go in and they could end up getting 14 eggs. And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, 14, that's, you know, how could you not get pregnant? But you could easily go from 14 to two. I only ended up with three eggs. They were only able to harvest three eggs from me. Um, And so that was devastating because when we were going into the process, we thought that i was going to have like nine
0: but and so when you so you were down to the three eggs and then um because you ended up having a beautiful daughter
1: yes
0: did you so when you okay so you get to the point where you have the three eggs available and then did you get pregnant right away or um did you end up having to use like all three eggs uh we
1: transferred two and I was very nervous about that because with my uterus issue, having twins was somewhat of a high risk, but mm-hmm. not completely undoable. But my doctor said it with my age and everything, it made the most sense. Mm-hmm. So we transferred to, um, you then basically go into this process of, um, obsession. Every woman in IVF goes through it. So for me, I got pregnant on my very first transfer i was wow. like this is it this was all i needed mm-hmm. i was ex- i was so excited i was like now is there one or two and so then you have to wait you know even longer for your ultrasound um from that point point. and so but i was excited cuz i was pregnant i was like this is it this is my time i'm going to have a baby and it's going to be great well
0: in everything and everything that you've gone through it's like okay this is worth it
1: right exactly and I was like this is worth it it's I'm finally here it's finally my time I go in for my first ultrasound and everything's great everything looks picture perfect there's this tiny little bean in there Mm -hmm. and there's a great heartbeat and everything's going great and there's only one and I was like I'm okay with that you know because one is all I need at this point like Mm -hmm. I just want to be a mom so everything goes great you know I had a couple of appointments my doctors were monitoring me really closely so I went in for um I was right at my eight week window and that's usually the close window where they release you from the IVF clinic or your IVF doctor to a normal OBGYN for, you know, your normal, you know, medical treatment plan. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I go in on a Monday for my ultrasound with my IVF clinic to determine if they're going to release me to my doctor and everything was great there's a great heartbeat. Everything's growing. Everything's measuring on time. Everything's going great. So I scheduled my appointment with my regular doctor, um, which happened to be on Friday. So I went on on Monday. Everything's great. I went on on Friday. Sorry. And I go in and when you're in IVF, you're always nervous about these ultrasounds. You're always nervous about whether or not Something's going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. So every ultrasound I went in for, I was like, is everything still okay? Is everything still okay? And they lay you down. They get you all ready. Um, They pull out the ultrasound machine and they start, you know, moving it around and looking for baby. And and it's taking a bit of time and I'm trying not to get nervous. So my doctor's quiet, doesn't say anything for a second. Mm -hmm. And I immediately know that something's wrong and then I start panicking and then he tells me sorry it's okay that there's there's no heartbeat that he can't find a heartbeat Mm -hmm. so I immediately break down I probably sat in there and cried for a good 45 minutes I was crushed I was like I how is this possible? Like everything was fine on Monday and now it's, you know, Friday and everything seems fine. I haven't had any issues, but it happens. Women have miscarriages every day and people don't know about them because people don't want to, you know, society has this view and people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to discuss the emotional struggles of it. And I think that's where people really need to I guess, educate themselves and be okay with it. Like it's okay to talk about it. I think it's important pe- for people to know that you're not alone, that, you know, there are plenty of other people out there just like you who are going through the same journey. Yeah. There are plenty of people out there who have gone through the same pain. Um, you know, it's it happens. You know, I've known women in my IVF group who have had numerous miscarriages in this process so, so it sounds
0: like the miscarrying is is a common part of the journey for a lot of women
1: it's very common and it's very common even like i said even outside of ivf you know yeah there are, women have miscarriages every day and people just don't they don't talk about it it's like it's like there's this, this shame you know they feel like what's you know what happened what did i do wrong and there's something not right in that process that does not allow that baby to develop and grow and
0: continue like did you know that you wanted to continue or did you feel defeated and like maybe this isn't for me did you ever doubt that you had taken this journey
1: I felt defeated um I was it was very hard for me and I did this I decided I needed to take a break Mm -hmm. I needed to take a break I needed to kind of let my emotions heal a little bit i knew i wanted to eventually continue on but i knew i needed to take the break
0: so let's get to the the beautiful part of the so, journey yes
1: <laughs> i'm getting to the part where i finally achieved success yes <laughs> um so i took a break went on this vacation came back told my doctor let's do this we did all these tests. everything came back great
0: did you have to find so, another donor or you already had
1: no i did i didn't yeah i didn't have to do any of that i had one opportunity and this was going to be it did my transfer and um transferred one embryo this time and now it's the weight you know so in this new journey of where i'm you know doing this process again i had connected with a small group of women through the through the big large ivf group and we were all transferring at the same time we were all going through this exact same process at the exact same time oh my gosh i'm pregnant again it worked i'm pregnant like let's do this this has got to be it but i'm scared because i know what i've just gone through but i was obsessed with knowing that it was okay so enjoying my pregnancy was hard i was nervous up until i i'm still nervous i can't even say up until i still in the middle of the night check on my daughter to make sure she's breathing yeah like it's a different experience my daughter was born on january 15th um 2019 And she was spunky and chunky and perfect (laughs) in every way possible. And I was finally a mom. Yeah. And it was like the most amazing experience ever. And when you're going through this journey um, and this struggle of trying to have a child people who have been through it before and have gotten to that point where they now have their child and they're now a parent and they now have success. Mm -hmm. They tell you that in that moment, nothing you've gone through is ever going to matter.
0: Not
1: every shot, every, every moment that you've had before that is not going to matter because you're now in this moment.
0: And now you have this, this beautiful daughter. I've seen, you know, seen pictures of her on like your Instagram and, um, you know, you mentioned, like, when she was born, she was spunky, and you can definitely see that, like, you know, even just in her pictures, her little, like, smile, sometimes it's more of, like, a smirk, but it's, like, oh, she's probably a ball of fun, (laughs) um, but, and this is just me being, like, nosy, curious, whatever, but you, you mentioned that you had a baby picture of, um, Of the donor and so now you know looking at your daughter and knowing what um he looked like as a baby do you see similarities there
1: i do um so i actually at one point i took a a side by i took a baby picture of my daughter at the time and i took the picture of the donor and i put them like next to each other and to see like what similarities i saw my um so my daughter she early on she kind of lost like good chunk of her hair like most babies do and she had this like weird old man toupee looking hair thing going on Uh and her hair finally started growing back and it was funny because when I had got the baby picture of the donor he had this cute curly hair and I was like oh my god I hope she gets curly hair you know and um sure enough she has this curly hair because I did not have curly hair in any way shape I
0: noticed that because early on her hair was more straight yes and then we were getting prepared to do this and i was just like looking back at you know her and i was like oh my gosh her hair is like really curly now so
1: the donor so sophia's donor is um on his ethnicity sheet um they had it marked down um because again they do all this testing so they kind of give you like a spectrum of like what their you know general ethnicity is right Mm -hmm. so Sophia's donor is African-American, Alaskan native and Swedish. So he's mixed. Oh, wow. Um, so I had this like vision of like, what's she going to look like? Well, the, the donors baby picture, you know, he very much looks like a mixed baby. Um, mm-hmm. And so he has this beautiful, like caramel skin and these golden curls. And so I was like, gosh, I wonder what Sophia is going to look like. Um, so, and Sophia has, for the most part, been a very, you know, pale ivory baby, um, but <laughs> she is now getting to this point where she's starting to have this beautiful, like, caramel ivory skin. Yeah, and
0: very, there's this like a like golden a- undertone to her, to her yes. complexion. Um, yes. it's beautiful, I'm, I'm like, beautiful. oh wow, you yeah, have seen, you know, kind of how she's changed as they grow up you know as you know babies when they're yeah. uh small they change so much during um their young years but I'm like oh my gosh because she has this curly hair her skin yes. is you know gorgeous um and she has these like really like her eyes are really like they're dark but they're like really beautiful I don't know they're just yeah. you did a good job mom you did a good job
1: I'm proud, I'm <laughs> proud. um it's neat kind of seeing you know it's, it's it's totally a different experience for sure um yeah you know you hear people talk about you know motherhood and what it's like and i for me it's these moments like this is how i always knew i wanted to be a mom like i wanted to experience these moments i wanted to have that um involvement in, in shaping someone's future in life and and, you know, seeing what they could become. And I, you know, I look at my daughter and I think about the things that I want her to do and the things I want her to accomplish and the things I want her to have. And, um, you know, it's all of those things that I thought about when I was younger, when I knew I wanted to be a mom, you know what I mean? And my journey is not the picture that I always thought it was going to be. I mean, you know, even when I was pregnant, I thought, Oh, I'm going to be that mom that makes her own baby food and, and all this. <laughs> and, and I'm not that mom. I'm yeah. that. Um, i I tried for a small moment in time, but I'm not that mom. Uh-huh. Um, but it doesn't make me a bad mom and it doesn't right? make you yeah. do it better than me either. Um, it's just a choice. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter is happy and, she is healthy and she is loved and that's what's important to me um you know it's she has so many people in her corner that love her and are so supportive you know earlier I kind of touched on how I had had my miscarriage um in November on November yeah Sophia's baby shower ended up being on that same exact day a year later oh my gosh it didn't dawn on me when I first picked my date when I was planning because I had decided okay I'm gonna have the most elaborate baby shower ever in life because this (laughs) is probably gonna be my only child and I worked hard for this three years in I'm I'm having a big party yeah you went through a lot one of my my friends like laughed and she joked and she was like you're trying you're having like the Kim Kardashian of baby showers and I'm like you're right I am (laughs) Uh, and then it dawned on me that I looked at the date and I'm like oh my gosh, my baby shower is exactly one year after my miscarriage. And I, and I realized like, I don't, this doesn't have to be a sad day for me anymore because now this is going to be a day that I'm going to celebrate with my friends and family that I'm going to be a mom. When I post pictures of my daughter a lot on like Instagram or something, I always hashtag it, hashtag it with rainbow baby.
0: Yes. I was going to ask you about that. A lot of people don't know
1: what that is. Right. A lot of people don't know what that is. So a rainbow baby is a baby that is born after a miscarriage. So Sophia is my rainbow baby.
0: One question that I did have for you, um, and I don't know if anybody has ever asked you, but in terms of, you know, because it isn't traditional family, and I say that with like quotation marks, because what is a traditional family nowadays, but do you do you think about maybe the day that your daughter might ask about like a father, like as she gets older and maybe, you know, kids are very smart and then they pick up like, Hey, my friends have like a mommy and a daddy. Or do you think about the day she may ever ask you about that?
1: I do. I think about it a lot. I thought about it a lot in my pre journey. Um, I thought about it a lot in my planning process and everything. Cause I, I do think that plays a big factor. Um, I, my hope is that when Sophia gets to that age, that society has kind of evolved a little bit more and that, um, you know, it's that there's more commonalities and people not having the quote unquote traditional family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that by the time she gets to that age, we're kind of in a different world. But um, my plan is to always be honest with Sophia. I will always share and tell her where she came from. I will never keep it um, I'll never sugarcoat it and tell her, you know, like, of course, I'm going to kind of explain it to her, like, depending on her age and where she's at, and, her, you know, whatever. I'm going to try to explain it as best I can so that she can understand it, given, you know, whatever age she is at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I always, always planned and always intend to tell her where she came from and how she came about and how much I fought to have her and how important she was and the journey that it took to get there. And, um, you know, I think about like how she'll be affected not having a father growing up. But I also, you know, like um, I think about the things about you know these you know schools have these father daughter dances and how's that going to look for Sophia? Um, you know, and I'm I'm hoping that at some point, you know, again that we get to this this part in life where people realize traditional family doesn't necessarily mean what most people have thought it to mean through their whole life. You know what I mean? And we kind of get away from father-daughter dances and you know maybe something else but yeah you know I think it's important to realize that you know you can't you're excluding people out by doing that and yes that was one of my concerns like you know who's going to take Sophia to a father-daughter dance or who's going to do this or what's going to happen you know but I realized like in having her and the amount of support that I've had and the people that love her like I know that she'll be okay Mm -hmm. I know that she has enough people standing behind her that she'll be okay and I know that I'll be able to tell her how important she was and how much she meant to me and how much I fought for her. That I'm hoping that it will make her realize that even though she didn't come through the quote unquote, you know, natural way, that um, that she was she was meant to be here, and that, you know, this is this was her journey too, just like it's my journey. It was her journey, you know, and this will be her special story to tell. Yeah.
0: And I think too, like we don't realize children are actually a lot more, well, because they're innocent, right? So they don't right. have like these, these judgments and these like stereotypes around things unless they're, they're taught that. And of course, when we go out into the world, we kind of learn these things. So you said something really important that you plan to always be just upfront and really honest about how she, you know, how her life um, was formed, how you had her. yeah. And we, I don't think we give our children enough credit that they are really smart enough to grasp, you know, obviously age appropriate, like you said, you know, as she gets to different Ages in her life, the conversation will be a little bit different. But like our children are smart enough to really like understand things, and you know if they're not filled with like these preconceived notions about things, they're so much more understanding and like way flexible than like we are as adults. Right. And so giving her that foundation of like you know this is how you were born, and um, like you said, just letting her know like I wanted you so much and. You know, this is what I went through just to to have you here. Like really, the basis of if we really just strip away everything, the one thing I think that we all really, really seek or are like truly want in life is just to be like loved and connected. I know for me, I've gotten to a place in my life where like, I want to be at peace with myself. I want to be around people that make me feel good. And I just want like the love and the happiness. And so if your daughter has that, which obviously, you know, she has a wonderful mom and I, I'm sure you're the circle of people that will be in her life will give her everything she needs and more that, you know, this traditional idea of, um, mom and dad, like if she has, you know. the the love um, and the guidance that she needs to just be, you know, a healthy adult, she's going to be just fine. If, you know, there's somebody out there listening and they um, are thinking about IVF or maybe they're just in a situation, they've heard your story and they are interested in maybe connecting with you. um, Is there somewhere that they can reach out to you?
1: Uh, So, yeah, they can, I'm on Facebook Um, it's, it's just under my first and last name, which is Candace Alisea. Um, my last name is spelled A-L-I-C-E-A. Um, but I am on Facebook, um, and I am on Instagram. I'll put that
0: in the the information, the show information too, so people can just kind of go right to the link.
1: Yeah. So, um, and you can share my email as well if you want to do that. Um, like I said, I'm always more than happy to answer any questions and share my journey. Yeah, I mean, if if somebody wants to reach out to me through email or Facebook or even Instagram, um, you know, I'm happy to share any information that I can and provide any insight or answer any questions or anything really.
0: Yeah, um, and that's why I, I'm always so appreciative of um, my guest because you know you're definitely um, you're being very vulnerable. Sometimes it's very courageous to talk about you know your experience and. Like you said, you know, a lot of people they just don't know where to go or who to reach out to, or they they kind of you know suffer in silence because they're ashamed or they don't you know they don't quite know what to do. And so, I always appreciate when somebody is willing to come um, you know on the podcast and just share their experience because I think one it's very either healing or empowering for us to even you know just share our stories, but also you don't know who else out there you're going to touch and help so i really really appreciate you i um have a final question for you so what do you love most about being a mother
1: oh god that's a hard one (laughs) Um, gosh i think for me i'm like gonna cry about this Uh, i think for me those moments when um i mean i love watching sophia grow and i love watching her explore and seeing how she's changing and how inquisitive she is and being able to shape her little mind and but those moments when she just wants to cuddle mom and she just wants to hug mom and she just wants mom to hold her and rock her and i know they're probably not going to last forever Mm -hmm. i those small moments like, nothing else in the world matters. And so when I have those moments where her words, nothing else matters but her and I, and we're just rocking in the rocking chair or cuddling on the couch, and, you know, it's that moment where I'm like, this is it. This is everything that I fought for. This exact feeling of this exact moment is what I fought for. Because yeah. I can feel the love, the unconditional love that we have. And it's amazing it's amazing.
0: She completes you and um, she's going to be a wonderful, you know, she's a wonderful little human being and she's going to be a wonderful person just because she has such a great mom. And I know that, you know, everything in her life, um, you're going to give only the best of yourself to her and, and have people in her life that um, are going to be a value to her. So we had talked about you um, sharing a, a picture of her. So I do have a private Facebook group for the podcast, and you know, people can head there and take a look at beautiful Sophia in her curls and her little golden skin. And um, mm-hmm. you know, she's so beautiful. Like I said, you did a good job, mom. <laughs> she's beautiful, and um, I'm just so happy for you and for her. Um, you know, she was a beautiful miracle, and you, you know, you are both blessed that she's your daughter and you're her mom. So, thank you so much. Um, I'm just, like I said, I was so excited to have you on today and I knew that this was going to be a really powerful story and it's very heartwarming and, um, you know, I'll put your contact information in the, in the show notes and also the private Facebook group so that people could take a look at beautiful little Sophia and, and, you know, we've referenced her a lot during this episode and they can kind of put a cute little face to, um, (laughs) to who we've been talking about and just seeing, you know, everything that you went through this is the end result. Like look at the beauty of, of kind of, you know, sometimes whatever journey you're going through, it's not going to be easy, but when you focus on what that end result will be, that kind of keeps you in the fight too. So, um, you know, congratulations to you and just, like you said, loving yourself enough and and understanding, like you are worthy enough to even, you know, take the journey and like, look where you are now. You, You have this beautiful daughter. And so, um, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I, like I said, I was so honored that you asked me and I think what you're doing is extremely important. And I just, I'm so thankful that you wanted to include me to be a part of it.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Until next time, remember you are valuable, You are worthy and it's okay to say, I love me too.